I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporting Nation. It is so great to be talking to you all. I'm very, very excited to be announcing that we are once again with my best friend and one of the people that I admire the most in the world outside of Richie, who is my wonderful and amazing co-host, who I will be getting to next. But I just wanted to give a great, wonderful announcement to the fact that Catherine Silverman is back on our show so welcome in, Kat. Thanks for having me, guys. That's the first and time. And as always, my wonderful co-host, Richie. I'm I'm trying to introduce you in, Richard. Come on. I'm trying to give you a nice little intro. So just shoving your way in here. Okay. Yeah, it's, no, it's Richie, everyone. Hi, everybody. No, I was just about to say that that was the first time uh, ever in the history of our show that you've introduced our guest before me. Which is I'm perfectly fine with. That's perfectly okay. It's me, so yeah, exactly. It's cats, pretty much our I third just time. Oh, anyway. <laughs> well, and I just kind of felt like I always introduce you like first thing right off the bat. You know, this is our first show back. Might as well do something different. You know, I thought I would give you both like these wonderful intros before you interrupted your wonderful intro. So, you know, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, we're glad to be back. We've been out for what? How long? What was our last show? Early June? It, no, I feel like it's been earlier than that because although did you guys record after the last time you recorded with me? Which yes. was right before quarantine. Yes, yes, we did. It feels like that was six million years ago. Yeah. I was gonna say I haven't been on your show in like almost a year, but it's only been four months or something because I recorded with you guys literally the day before all the lockdowns started when Corey you came over and we drank wine and that was the last time that we got together before social distancing and yeah it feels like that was last year yeah that yes the last time Kat was on our show Corey we put together our quarantine playlist and we talked for two and a half hours, and we had to turn it into two episodes. Because that's usually how it is. I mean, if there is one thing that I can say about our friendship, it's the fact that there is never dead space of air, because we are all, like, really great talkers, and we have very interesting conversations. They can get really weird sometimes, but I thoroughly enjoy that. Oh, yeah, that's right. The last time the last time Kat was on... Ken doesn't want me to bring it up, but we got we got we got weird last time. There was um I made a phallic reference. Yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. Catherine made a, a phallic reference, and it got weird. And uh, but <laughs> I don't I'm know. I think we should try and stay out of the gutter this time. Yeah, and and I guess instead I should probably bring up the fact that we have sporty apparel now. So um, you can head over to our. Twitter and check out our uh, pinned tweet and you can go to it from there or you can go to sporty with Corey and Richie dot what for com and get your own sporty apparel. We are getting some in shortly. So, um, you know, we're already preparing to get Richie all prepared as a male model, but um, me, Kat, Richie, and then our other sometimes on the show, uh, co-host-ish person uh scotty also is getting some so we will all be getting some sporty apparel in so not only will you hear our voices but you can see us on the streets repping sporty as well i'm so excited to get my i i think we had, we were able to get like five pieces uh i got two Corey has two cat's gonna get a t-shirt too and i'm i'm excited i'm excited to uh rep the sporty nation out and about in the streets of Phoenix, people are going to come up to me and they're going to be like, whoa, what is that? You spelled sports wrong. I'm like, no, that's not true at all. What it is, is it's our podcast. You can go listen to it. It'll be, it'll be great. 
I'm going to wear that shirt every day. Every day. I hope you know that after my parents bought some, they made me explain to them exactly what a podcast is. So that way, if people ask them, they knew what to say. That's so precious. That makes me so happy. That's that's heartwarming since, uh, like, on my podcast, which we had, Corey, we had you on that a couple weeks ago. Um, beautiful. I did a special episode where I talked to somebody who works as a film critic and we talked about comic movies which my dad loves and I told him to listen and he listens to podcasts and still didn't listen so I love that your parents are more supportive than mine (laughs) (laughs) but I love your dad though your your dad is a precious human being so we'll give him a pass on this one look for this once just because of how great of a human being he is pour one out for Alan we, I think, went about this at, like, a certain time where we figured out who would play us in movies. And and I think with Kat, wasn't one of the ones that was suggested to you on Twitter, Sarah Silverman? I, sure. I was like, that one, I also, I also thought that was very spooky. That Because, I mean, you guys have the same last name, so it works very well. It's a it's a Jewish thing. There's a, there's a very specific look that a lot of us have. And, uh... It involves noses that take up large swaths of our face and very kinky, dark hair and and olive skin, and we all kind of look exactly the same. I can say that. Um, but yeah, pretty much if, if there's a very ethnically Jewish actress out there, um, they, they could play me pretty convincingly. What was yours? Well, I think both of you and Silverman are gorgeous, so I would love it. We would play you. What did you, what did you say? I, I remember this going around on Twitter. It wasn't that, even that long ago. Seemingly, I think but... she wanted Felicity. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Emily like... Bett. And then my, I'd probably say Emily Bett. And then if not, Emily Bett. Um, oh, my gosh. I absolutely love her. Why can't I think of her name? Um, uh, I was just watching her hot ones the other day just for fun. Um, but she's the one, the main actress in Veronica Mars. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Yeah, that's one of those two. I can definitely see that. Yeah, those those would be my two. Yeah. Meanwhile, for me, I have no idea. Just throw some generic guy in there. The most generic. The last time we talked about it, you said the the nerdier guy that was in One Tree Hill. Oh, that's right, Mouth. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Lee Marvin. He doesn't even really look like me at all, but he has He's my got the mannerisms. He has my sensibility. He has my he re, his character reminded me very much of myself. Well, that's a great memory. See, perfect. That's a I'm I don't know how you pulled that out of somewhere because I comp, I completely forgot about that. I don't know. I just happened to remember that it was like during your guys's like One Tree Hill binging. Which you guys are on Vampire Diaries now. Which episode have you guys gotten to at this point? We're about to start sixteen. Season three. three episode season three, episode yeah. sixteen. Yeah. So that's And how long ago did you guys start? We started it last Monday. <laughs> two weeks. Not even. If- yeah, not even two weeks. And we've watched fifty plus episodes. We're gonna be on weeks. season four by the two week mark, for sure. We might hit season four tonight. We're feeling kind of funky. <laughs> if if binge watching shows ever goes into the Olympics, I need you guys to win a gold, so that way I can say that my friends are Olympic gold medalists. So the problem with that is, I'm a little bit of a narcoleptic, and I do a very good job of binging up until 11 p.m. And then after 11, all bets are off. And so like Vampire Diaries, and if anybody, any of your listeners haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry, season three aired eight years ago. Spoilers. Uh, I missed the episode where Damon and Elena kissed for the first time for real, for real, because I fell asleep during it. And that's all I've been watching for. 
is Damon and Elena. Like, that's the whole reason I watched the show. That's my end game right there. And I fell asleep, like, before midnight, too. Just, like, face first in the pillow. No recollection of when I fell asleep. What's funny is, like, I feel like everyone would have to know most of the stuff because of the fact that, like, it has been out for so long and there's so many, like, spoilers. But, like, when I sent you a thing today... I didn't send it to Richie too because I didn't know if that would be a spoiler for Richie. I think that what you sent me today would be a spoiler. So let's not talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, be so I, I've done a really good job when it, it comes to Vampire Diaries of not spoil, spoiling myself. It was the complete opposite for One Tree Hill where I think I spoiled you pretty spoiled much. spoiled the main end game of the show like six episodes into season one. Yeah, you were like, "Wow, Nathan and Haley are going to get married. They're going to stay together." I was like, "What is? Why are we going to keep watching this?" <laughs> then we did. Yeah, and it was great. And um, so, yeah, I spoiled myself on that, but I've been really good about not reading up too much about Vampire Diaries at all, other than scrolling through memes, which I love, and I spend about twenty-five minutes a day scrolling through vampire diaries memes on instagram and uh i was at practice i was at the coyotes practice and i looked down at my phone and there's a paul wesley and ian summerhalder meme on my phone (laughs) speaking of which i wasn't able to go to that but you guys both did how was uh the first practice how was it to be able to smell and see and somewhat feel hockey again was it magical i uh amazing it uh, it was fine it was fine like it was cool stop talking you said fine i heard cat say magical cat you talk (laughs) so he's not wrong in the sense that it's practice man we're talking about practice and not just practice but you couldn't talk to anyone so like for example Richie had to leave early, and in order to let me know what time he was going to be home later, he had to text me because he couldn't get close enough. Excuse me, he couldn't get close enough to speak to me at practice. And like, I had a question about one of the players on the ice because we were sitting up so high, and I'm blind that with my mask on, you know, I had to take my glasses off because I can't see. They fog up. Took them off. Couldn't see who one of the players was. And had to text. I had a group text with Craig Morgan and Alex Kinkoff, the NHL.com reporter for the team's like main site. And I had to text them both to like figure out what was going on because we were all standing so far apart that none of us could speak directly to each other. Cause the team had like there were little papers taped to the back of X number of chairs and they skipped a row and you know you had to sit only on a chair that had paper tape saying media sit here and but the smell of the rink and being back at the rink and getting to hear you know the blades hit the ice again especially during a week where it's 120 degrees outside that that felt good you know we've been off hockey for a little too long for me with nothing in in the interim you know we haven't had a draft we haven't had free agency we haven't had off-season sports to watch we didn't have the olympics so it it was kind of magical getting to see them all out there skating again but richie's not wrong like it was a it was practice we didn't get anything of substance and b it was frustrating and kind of lonely sitting there so far away from everyone else yeah and as somebody who doesn't like talking to anybody like ever it was great like i that's how i do if you don't know when i go to games i like sitting away from everybody else so i don't have to talk to anybody else and it's amazing so it was like a reunion practice so i can just like watch the game and then like we'll be good and so like that's kind of what i did i was like cool so i i did my little hellos i said hi to craig and 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 king cop was like hi guys i said hi to to uh to rich naren and to to greg dill i was like hey i'm here good to see you guys and then I didn't talk to him again. I left. And then it was it was just here. I will say this last thing about this before uh, we move on. It was it was weird. It was just playing weird. That was the best way to describe it. Like there shouldn't be hockey in July. Like National Hockey League hockey in July. Usually in July we're going to rookie camp around this time, and we're going to the ice den to watch a bunch of guys we won't see in the NHL for five years. So 
that I will say that 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 was weird to walk in from 110 degree heat and have to wear pants, jeans that day, and put on a, a jacket and be back at the rink. Very weird. Very weird. And I later went on to completely rip those pants wide open later in the day. So I'm just happy that did not happen while I was there in public. Hey, we are now getting Richie into some chinos. We are getting Richie some nice new pants. So you can, I don't know, you can bury those pants out in, I don't know, there's not really any dirty, I mean, dirt areas around you guys. Um, there's a ravine. You, you can come with a What? There's a ravine. I can find one and bury them. Don't you worry. Okay, yeah, you can bury those. And um, we can move on from your your those jeans. Let's just say we'll, we just say move on from those jeans and move on to a nice new era of Richie. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And and Kat even turned me on to a a website called Stitch Fix. She tipped me off to that. So I'm really no excited. Yeah. They're gonna really send. They're to gonna see. send me some new swanky outfits. I'm gonna look fucking good, man. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be the sexiest bitch on the face of the planet. All right. <laughs> Instagram models, beware. Oh Suave God. is taking over. I'm so excited. I am so excited. I can't even tell you guys how excited I am. I thought he was gonna get his chinos today, and I told him that he had to take a picture and send it to me. But he's not getting them until tomorrow. So that was a little disappointing. That was actually one of the most exciting parts of my day outside of um, shooting this podcast. So yeah. I'm very disappointed. If people hear this on Monday, I will have gotten them. So they can go to our Instagram page and take a look at the pictures. Oh, yes, that's right. You're Instagram modeling them for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great stuff. This is really great stuff. <laughs> We should what uh, we we made a rundown for this show of what we wanted to talk about. We've already blown it up pretty much at this point, but um, yeah. So what? Oh yeah. While we were talking about um, practice, we should probably talk about the fact that they announced the times at which the first three games of the Nashville series and the exhibition game against Vegas are taking place. Um. Because that I was very disappointed, and I'm sure you were too, Corey and Kat, the fact that we have to endure. No, I guess not endure is the wrong word. We have to partake. Is that the right word? That's probably not the right word either. In some mid midday brunch playoff hockey, which, so is, which is weird. I have a hot take on that. I don't like it as a viewer. I love it as someone who is rooting for the team to make it out of the first round because thinking about what that ice is going to look like by the end of the day with back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games in the middle of summer, I mean – it's hot. Even in Alberta, it's going to be, it's not going to be Arizona hot, but the ice quality in the summer is worse. Like there's no way around it. And by the end of the day, the teams that are drawing those late slots, yeah, the fans are going to have a lot of fun watching the puck bounce its way across the ice over their sticks. And, you know, I think that the hockey's going to be a lot sloppier and a lot more frustrating for the players the later you get time slot wise so I think it's not fun for the viewer to get up that early but I think for the team it's beneficial and I'll talk on that that is that is an extremely extremely good point like I did not even think about that but that is honestly key I mean it's not like it's you know at the butt crack of dawn that they're playing these games so at least they're not, you know, going to be in a situation where they're groggy and playing really, really early games. But it is beneficial to have that fresh ice. You are 100% correct on that. And, um, I mean, it, midday game, it, it's not what we're used to. But, I mean, what else do we have to do right now? Everyone's quarantined. It's hot as hell outside. 
So at least, you know, a midday game gives you something to look forward to. Uh, yeah, I'm just frustrated that the Kyrie's got fucked by the league on this, in my opinion, because this is their chance to finally get back to the playoffs for the first time in eight years. They're the only good thing about Phoenix sports right now because the Suns, yes, they're going to continue to play, but they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to play their eight games, probably go four and four, go back home, and we won't see him again in the playoffs or even damn near the playoffs for another couple of years. So the fact that the Coyotes are the thing in Phoenix sports right now and they're going to get stripped of the ability to get a primetime slot here in Phoenix for people to tune in and watch this team is frustrating. It's really frustrating because this is their chance to really take grasp of the entire market here, and they're not getting get that chance because they're playing when nobody's freaking watching. Let's be honest. The ratings for those games aren't going to be good because people are going to be at work. Most people, at least in this state, back to work by now and schools won't be back though so not as many people will be back sure sure but still it's it's not the same you're not going to get the same viewership as you would if the game was at 5 5 30 whatever people getting home they can tune in for the second half of the game and that's what frustrates me about it everybody else in the league they get the prime time slots but nope because you're in phoenix arizona you get fucked and have to play 11 o'clock in the morning local time and that's bullshit i hate it a lot I'm not surprised by it, though. No, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. I figured it was going to happen, but I wish we'd get more respect. I, I dropped a Rodney Dangerfield reference on the Freaks today, too, in reference to the Cardinals, and I'm going to do the same thing with the Coyotes here. No respect. No respect. Well, I mean, and it also comes down to the fact of there's always, like, an East Coast bias, you know, like – because for the fact that on the East Coast, it's a it's a little bit of a later game. It's not like, you know, it's not a five o'clock prime time, but it's still, you know, with the hour difference or the hours of difference, it makes it a lot earlier for us than, say, like on the East Coast. So the, I don't think they think about it as much in the fact that like they think about it from their time. They don't always think about it from our time. Um, which is kind of stupid, honestly, but I, I, a lot of times just think they don't care. And then secondly, though, I mean, there's so many people that are still highly unemployed right now that, um, I think you're still going to get a fair amount of people that are just so freaking excited to watch Coyotes hockey again. And just to watch hockey in general, like there will be people that no joke, wake up in the morning, sit down have a cup of coffee watch hockey from morning to night and that's going to be all they're going to do and whether they're in arizona or not oh yeah for sure i mean i'm probably gonna do the same thing right i mean i think the first game is on a sunday at least which is usually one of my off days so that's going to be me on that that first sunday there that saturday sunday is that's all i'm going to do but for some other people they don't get that chance which i will recommend this i'm going to use this as a chance to plug something uh, if you're at work while the Kyrie's are playing, you can uh, pop open your phone and you can download the iHeartRadio app and you can listen to the game on the iHeartRadio app through Fox Sports 910, which is the official home of the Arizona Coyotes. Full disclosure, I work for the station. They actually pay me. So <laughs> trying to do everybody a service, you know, and trying to get paid more. It was, you know, I knew that shameless plug was coming at some point. I almost said it myself for you because that's the thing is then you, you, if you're at work, you can still listen to it and then come on, let's be honest. A lot of people will still play it. They'll stream it off their phone, even when they're working, like they'll hide it from their boss type of a situation. But if you're a real Coyotes fan, you're going to be streaming it while you're at work. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of that. Especially because it's the summer. <laughs> I mean, it's the summer. And there's very little else in the way of sports that are on right now. There's women's professional soccer, men's professional soccer, NASCAR, um, Pesipalo, we've got Finnish baseball. We've got the English Love hearing. which is even earlier in the day. And that's, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's still going to get decent viewership from people who are happy to see the Coyotes. And I'm happier that they're getting the good ice slot. Because this team's been screwed. 
by shitty ice in the past. I think they've been screwed by some terrible ice conditions in the past, namely where they play sometimes. Mm -hmm. And and so I think that this is this is potentially a good it's disappointing for the fans and I get that. I think that's you're absolutely fair about that, but I don't think that I think the league screwed the fans. I don't think the league screwed the team. I think the league actually gave the team a little bit of a gift there. Yeah, I'm curious. That's actually a, an interesting idea about the ice. I hadn't thought about it personally. Um, that was the first thing I thought when I saw that they had back to back to back to back games. Was yeah. thinking about when you're the last beer league team playing, and you have that 10 p.m. game slot. That sucks. When you have that last game, the ice is garbage, right. and it's the summer. Yeah. So even in Alberta, it's going to be hot. And we saw, as of what four hours ago. Rogers Place, which is where the Coyotes will be playing, by the way, um, in Edmonton, Alberta, is flooded. <laughs> they just had a massive rainstorm. They get they get a really serious rainy season there, so it's going to be humid, and it's going to be hot. So having the freshest ice of everyone, I think you you get a bit of an advantage there. I'm glad you brought up that video because I think we I was planning oh, on talking I was planning on talking about that anyway, but it's. Imagine this for a second. They said they're going to get everything fixed in the next two weeks by the time these teams show up. But what if they don't? What if that – we don't know what the ice conditions are at the moment. We don't know – we only saw the one video that was leaked out where guys going down the escalator and the entire, like, front plaza is flooded. We don't know how that affected the ice, if anything else got broken in there. But if it did, what the fuck does the NHL do now? Do they have, like, a contingency plan to be like – oh, we can't play in Edmonton anymore. Do they move them to elsewhere? Like, do they go to Vancouver? Do they go to another Canadian city? Do they go to Ottawa or whatever? It seems like from from what I saw in the team's press release that it the flooding came because part of the roof leaked in the entrance technically across the street because they're their setup is different from Gila River. So mm-hmm. there's an entrance across the street from the actual rink itself to get into like the whole entertainment plaza. And that is what flooded. So the rink itself did not flood. But I think that the humidity, I mean, we've seen in other, like Anaheim, it can get humid there. Sometimes LA can get humid there. Vancouver. It gets super humid there, and their ice sometimes sucks. Mm -hmm. Their ice can be garbage. And so knowing that there's that potential for the humidity to mess with the ice, I think that's a bigger concern than the flooding. But that's that's pre-2020, my assumption. 2020, all bets are off. Right. (laughs) I mean – when when it was brought up to them, they all kind of were acting about it, basically, as if, you know, that meme where the guy's sitting there drinking the cup of coffee and says, this is fine, and there's, like, flames going around him? They acted very, like, nonchalant that way, like, oh, it's, it's fine, like, we, we've got it under control, it's okay. And it could be that that part, as, like, Kai was saying, is destroyed, but they're, the thing that's going to be their focus is everything, trying to make everything on the ice fine, because it's not like there's going to be any fans in there. So they're probably going to, like, highly just focus on that part of it and just try and worry about all the other stuff later um, would be my guess. But um, I think it would be very difficult for the NHL to move any of the teams because of the fact that they not only have them like set up with their hotels, which um, the Coyotes will be with the um, with the other like bottom teams um, in the West, and they are in Sutton Place. Um, they split up six and six in um, Edmonton, and so or in Edmonton they did the for the Eastern they did five and seven, and then for the Western they did six and six, and they um, for that they created a quote-unquote bubble around the hotels. So all of their restaurants and everything else that they go to outside of the hotels is going to be a bubble just for them where no one else can be in it. So I think it would be difficult for them to move it um, and because of the fact that they um, 
you know, have put so much planning into it that in order to change all these things and create that new bubble somewhere else, I feel like would take time. The entirety of all these NHL traveling parties, which from I understand, they're capping everything at 50 per team, basically. Yes. Yes. Um, And they're just like, they're just going to travel in three days before this whole thing starts and and get right back at it. It's like, oh, just because you're a professional sports league means you don't have to quarantine for 14 days like everybody else. Seems very, very dangerous to me. From what I understand, though, and so I agree. I think it's super dangerous. Um, I think all of it. I think there's an inherent risk in in the restart, Mm -hmm. period. Um, From what I understand, from from what I've heard uh, from various various sources, not to sound like too much of a douchebag, um, they're testing these guys almost every other day. And the people that are, like, I know that there's no requirement for them to stay in a bubble while they're in phase three right now, you know, while they're, while they're in these main practices. But I mean, we saw when we were at practice, anybody who is not on the ice during practice. So the equipment managers, the athletic trainers, the massage therapists, the doctors were all sitting over to the side with their masks on and gloves and all of the coaches had masks on. Um, the only coach who did not have his mask on throughout the entire practice was uh, John McLean, who had his mask down because he was the one with the whistle. Um, Corey Schwab, that's the goaltending coach, he had his mask on the entire time, like up over his nose. I don't think he spoke. <laughs> I think he just like communicated with his eyes and his mind to uh, Tanti Ranta and Darcy Kemper. And then... Uh, Phil Housley also had his mask on the entire time and he was participating in drills. I think he could have easily taken his mask down, participated in the drills. Nobody would have thought anything of it. And he still had it up. So it seems like the team's taking it fairly seriously. Um, And so, yeah, my assumption is that that week before they travel, they're likely going to be testing them every day. And then once they get into the bubble, they're going to test them twice upon arrival. Um, Kind of like what they've been doing with, with positive tests so far in the other leagues if you test positive you get retested just to make sure um so my assumption is they're going to do that see if anybody needs to sit out but that's going to be interesting to see you know watching after two weeks of interacting with each other here without a mandate not to go to bars you know without keeping them in a hotel see how many players can't start the play in round because you know there are going to be a few i think there's going to be my my betting line here is four, um, and I'm I'm gonna take the over on it. Um, as to the number of players who aren't going to be able to play during the start of the playing round, because they're gonna test positive. So, yeah, they're already like talking about um, what they're going to do to keep themselves busy. Like Austin Matthews already talked about bringing a gaming system apparently to play to keep himself busy during his downtime. They're talking about like holding each other like accountable and watching over each other constantly because they don't even trust some of their own teammates, um, which is kind of rough in its own. But um, yeah, no, it's in in the end, um, Canada has done a very great job when it comes to um, everything with COVID, which is why they chose Canada for the two hub cities. But um, the whole entire thing is, as Kat said, an inherent risk. And um, that's why I don't particularly blame any players that decide they don't want to do it. Um, But I do think in the end, it always comes down to like, I'm glad that they're taking all the precautions and everything, but it comes down to the fact that it's Canada and this is hockey and they will do anything for hockey. I'm going to do the math real quick. I'm going to do the math. Stand by 50, 50 members of each team times 24 teams that's 1200 people that are going to be there that have to get tested every day while they're in both of these cities and that's kind of that's ridiculous if you think if you think about it considering granted it's Canada so it's a little bit different I feel like they've done a much better job like you mentioned Corey in terms of their testing protocols and containing the virus than than we have here in the United States but I mean, you can see this for every major sport, the NBA, MLS, et cetera. It's like, it just seems weird that they're taking up so many of these tests. And it still it still sits badly on me. Still sits badly. Yeah, we'll just go with that. 
and that they're going to be taking up 1,200 tests per day, which is well, what, when you have here in Arizona, as you know, two weeks ago, I don't know if it's going to be better, people were sitting in their cars for 12 hours just to get one test. Well, and I, I don't mean to be a dick, and I know some people will probably want to come at me about this, but um, they aren't using as many tests in Canada, so I'm sure they have the tests for it. Um, we are blowing through tests here in the U.S. like I don't even know anything that I would go through that fast. Maybe maybe toilet paper? We'll go back to the beginning of this um, quarantine. Apparently, people blow through a lot of toilet paper. So, um, yeah, they, in the U.S., we've been going through tests like toilet paper like people have been testing an insane amount because there's been an insane amount of cases so i think since they had a better handle on this that they should have a better supply of tests because they're not using that same amount i mean i'm assuming i don't know much about um you know their testing capacity but i would just say from looking at it that's what i would assume so let me ask you the question again. Do you think the NHL is using up too many tests? Oh. Uh, hmm. That's kind of tricky. Because, um, by the way, I was listening. I just – my brain, for, for the listeners, I've been, I've been kind of a hot mess lately. It's, yeah. I think quarantine is finally, like, I've reached my breaking point. And, like, you've seen me. I come home sometimes and, like, pace back and forth five or six times before I figure out like what I'm doing where mm-hmm. I am um but yeah no I think uh it's tough because in theory yes they're using up a tremendous number of tests that could be used elsewhere but it's it's not in a vacuum right I think that Canada has the availability to do the testing without pulling the resources from other places like I follow a, a Winnipeg Jets writer Scott Billick he's fantastic um And he's been doing a really good job of comprehensively tweeting out Manitoba's COVID numbers. And that's, that's an entire province. That's not just like, we're not just looking at Maricopa County. We're not just looking at Phoenix or Glendale. We're looking at an entire province in Canada. And there have been days in a row that he's tweeted that they've done hundreds of tests and found zero cases. They've had days where nobody is in the hospital because Canada has been on top of it. And there are parts of Canada that, could be doing a better job. Yes. I think that parts of Vancouver have had some hotspots, parts of Toronto have had some hotspots. We, we can't overlook what happened on the Eastern seaboard in Canada with the old folks homes. There were a lot of really big misses there and a lot of really preventable tragedies, but Canada as a whole has the resources and they have the tests to disseminate amongst the NHL teams because, because they've stayed on top of it. They don't need 600,000 tests a day across Canada because they don't have that kind of mm-hmm. viral spread right now. And Canada's not, it's not like Canada's hoarding tests that if the coyotes weren't using it, that test would be in Arizona right now. It's up to the States to properly acquire their tests. And that's where the supply chain is being interrupted. So yes, I think they're using too many tests, but I don't think that if they weren't using them, it would be making an impactful difference anywhere. Quickly, before I, I ask my question here, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Corey Richie Show. Make sure to follow at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Corey on, on the Twitter at Corey Nicole with two E's. You can follow uh, Catherine too at Kat M. Silverman on the, on the Twitter machine. And then I'm at R4 is 91. Now that all that business is out of the way, this is the question. And, 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 and we got to shamelessly plug Cat's uh, uh, pod, you know, since she's on here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. For anybody who, who likes very bad punk <laughs> pop music, mid-2000s teen drama TV shows um, and hockey, uh, you can listen to Three Cheers for Goaltender Interference. If you get the album reference, then the, the podcast is for you. Um, <laughs> Ricky, Richie, do you get that that album reference? Oh, yes, I do, because you told me before. <laughs> so I've never, I actually haven't listened to the album, 
um, from My Chemical Romance. I have not listened to that. I was going to say, let the record show, Richie doesn't like My Chemical Romance, which is another can of worms entirely. But yeah, uh, you can find it on Twitter at three cheers per goal one. That's the number three, the number one. And if you listen to our second to last episode, you get to hear Corey and I drinking lots of sparkling wine seltzers. Um, I found everyone that I could that was in some way related to peaches and rosé and uh, got tanked and talked about the return. So this one, I'm much more sober. For the record, I'm, uh, I'm drinking coffee. All of us are. I'm not drinking anything, which is surprising for me. I was going to drink a beer, but I decided not to during the show. He's completely sober for our return. I'm drinking coffee, and I blew through a bottle of water, too. But anyway, are you drinking anything, Corey? Just water? I know you got done with your workout. Uh, water, I worked out right before this. I thought about drinking, but since I worked out right before this, I may have thrown up. Yeah, not a good so, idea. Not a good idea. It. Okay, so here's my question for you guys, and it's a little bit controversial, but I want to ask it anyway, um, because uh, I'm, it's something that I would probably get crushed for saying. But um, it's been a very, very, uh, it's been talked about quite a bit over the last, I don't know, I'd say a month or so, really after Austin Matthews tested positive, which is... What the NHL is doing now during this return is essentially they're pretty much classifying every injury as what is it? It's not unable to play. Unable, una- yeah, unable to play, and that's it. And they're not going to tell us who te- who tested positive, who didn't test positive. And in my opinion, I have a problem with that because let me explain why before you attack me. Uh, my basic thesis for this is: what's the difference between I don't know? Let's say if the player has the flu, right? They always tell us flu-like symptoms. That's why they're out, right? If a player hurts his ankle, it's a lower body injury. If he hurts his shoulder, it's upper body injury. We usually get told in every sport ever, if a player is injured, we know what it is. But in the case of COVID, for whatever reason, um, the NHL is the least open when it comes to comes to this and it, it it's just it's just different for me and suppose i wish they were a little bit more more open and it's that it's not it's not about like to me anyway i understand the, the privacy thing I, I i do but i just i'm somebody who as as we you know we all work in sports it's i just would like to have teams and leagues be as open and honest as possible with their fans and with their media and that's what kind of annoys me the most now you guys can go ahead and attack me for saying that because i know i think both of you probably disagree with me well, I have something like slightly to support you actually on that. I think where it came from initially was the whole Austin Matthews thing because there was a lot of flack, a lot of kickback from that. But um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like it was assumed of negligence on the part of the person who um, had COVID nineteen because they weren't doing the right things, and that was one of the things with Austin Matthews was there was a lot of. Um, stuff swirling around about him being out at bars here in old town. And that was kind of one of the things that came out after he had said, um, right after they had said that he had COVID-19, he just now um, a couple of days ago confirmed that he had tested positive himself. But like, uh, so there's, you know, obviously like the HIPAA laws that say that you can't um, disclose those type of things. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with that. They had a lot of flat, uh, they got a lot of flack from that. And so this is their way of trying to make it better and make it where it's not um, something that the players are angry about. But I just don't feel like it's the same situation. Before, they were getting a lot of uh, kickback from the fact that they appeared to be negligent. But when they're in these bubbles, if they come down with COVID, it's not necessarily because they're being negligent. It was just that they came in contact with it somewhere in this bubble that the NHL had put them in. So I just feel like it's a different situation. So it doesn't make as much sense to me as well. Um, I, I get it from a privacy standpoint and from a player standpoint, because right now is a very hot time because hockey Twitter is going off on people who, you know, and, and people will definitely go off on players because if they're a big player and you want them at playoffs and they aren't showing up for the game because they have COVID people are going to be pissed. So I get why they're doing it, but I just feel like it is kind of a different situation now than it was before. I'm kind of torn because 
I understand the desire for transparency, but from my understanding, part of the return to play was the players want, like, I think the players are the ones, the players association is who insisted that their medical information not be disseminated unless they're the ones who put it out there. And so that's something where ultimately we've never seen a player's medical information shared without their consent. There has been flu-like symptoms is what we're given, but we aren't given a player has the flu Mm -hmm. unless the player okays it. And when it comes to COVID-19, it's very different. So anyone, if you have flu-like symptoms, if you have a cold, if you have the actual flu, if you're out with illness versus injury, you have no choice. People are automatically going to assume that you have COVID-19 and you'll essentially be forced to either confirm it or deny it. And I think that the players wanted just a little bit of agency there when it came to being allowed to protect their own medical information, especially seeing like what happened with Austin Matthews. And we can, we can say his name. It was Steve Simmons who with Toronto who reported that information. And that was without the player's consent. It was without the team's consent. And I think that's something that, I mean, like you said, it's a very, it's a very hot button topic right now. I think that a lot of people are afraid and a lot of people are anxious. And I do think we have somewhat of a right to be, you know, COVID is not, it's not just a cold. It's not just the flu. Um, But the last thing we want is to fuel anxiety. And I think that if a player is out with flu-like symptoms and like, for example, somebody I work with was out from work and we were all pretty sure that she had COVID-19 and she finally went and got tested and it came back negative. She had the regular flu and she still got tested a second time just to make sure because nobody believed her. And Mm -hmm. I think that if a player is out with flu-like symptoms and tests negative, I think there's going to be less belief that they actually tested negative. And I think that's part of why the players didn't want their medical information being out there unless they want it to be. Um, and I think that's, I, I'm not super bothered by it because I, and I, I come from a different side of it. I come from more of the analysis side, right? Like I don't do a ton of reporting. I do more of the analyst and analysis blah, 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 side of things. Words are so hard today. Yeah. And so I don't want to get a same word. You're fine. The player doesn't want to, to confirm a medical illness of theirs. I personally don't care. Right. Like I have, it's no skin off my back. It doesn't bother me in the least. They're either on the ice or they're not. And the reasoning behind that is totally their business. It can be because their wife is giving birth and they want to leave the bubble. It can be because they have the flu because they have COVID because they broke their collarbone. I don't care. They're either on the ice or they're not. And I, I can see why people would want to know. But I, I personally don't, don't mind it. But there's also the, if you really want to like lean hard into the conspiracy theory side of things, there's always the possibility that they are choosing not to disclose it because they want asymptomatic players to play. But that's another can of worms entirely. Yeah. I don't think we should even dive down that route. No, hole. yeah, not, yeah, especially, yeah, we, we're running out of time. This is he, we've already, I feel like we haven't really scratched the surface of a lot of, we still have a lot of stuff. Corey, on our rundown, what, we've only touched on what, 80% of the stuff on our rundown so far? Well, really quickly, before we do that, I, I do want to know, has anyone heard what chance the, like, the Coyotes fans are supposed to be like recorded doing. I haven't seen it. Mm-mm. I haven't either, but I'm excited to see what they are. 
I was going to say, I know that it's a thing. Um, I just don't know specifically what it is. My favorite, my favorite reply somebody said on Twitter, because I asked, I asked on Twitter, I was like, what are they going to have? What should they have Coyotes fans say? And my favorite one is somebody just replied, shoot, in all caps. <laughs> Every power play. Every power play. Just yeah. the entire power play. Shoot over, over, and over, and over again. And uh, I'd be Doesn't one matter. Yeah, so, yeah, so if you haven't seen the story, by the way, they are the NHL is sending out emails to a bunch of bunch of teams, and they're basically asking them to record themselves for 30 seconds, chanting, uh, screaming after a goal, et cetera, et cetera, with all these rules. We don't really know exactly how it's going to be used yet on, on the broadcasts yet. We'll find out eventually, I'm assuming. But if I'm, it's not giant stuffed animals sitting in all the seats, like I've said, I think I might boycott. <laughs> There's a chance you, you guys like, oh my gosh. I have a perfect idea. You know at Build-A-Bear where you can put the little voice boxes into like the bears for like the children, right? <laughs> you can just have someone going around squeezing bears and each of the bears say a different thing. Shoot! Exactly. I'd be 100% down with that happening. It would Clayton make the, Keller, you pigeon! It would make the playoffs a lot more fun, that's for sure. <laughs> you, know, you have to, he, they can't say his his last name. Uh, my favorite people are the ones that say them by their first name as if they're like good friends with them. Yeah. Clayton, what are you doing? You know who I used to do that with uh, Kyrie's player? I know you did. That's just because you. You loved him so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know who that is, Corey? Do you know who we're speaking? Take of? a wild guess. I am. I am not saying it. I am not saying it on this podcast. His name has graced this podcast way too many times. For a player who hasn't been on the team in <laughs> going on two or three two, years. Two now. years. Two years. Two years. Yeah. And I've seen the picture that it's got Richie's favorite picture of his smile. I've seen that picture too many times as well. And that's going to do it for this edition of Sporty with Corey and Richie. Thanks for hanging out with us. I want to mention this before we go. If you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 62, which we put out as a special episode on Friday, make sure you go listen to that. It was a great conversation with myself and Corey and Kat. We talked about women in sports and the things they go through in light of that Washington Post story where it was talking about the Washington Redskins and all the awful things that went on inside of that organization, all the sexual harassment. And Corey, Kat, and I, we talked about some of the things that you know we can do to try and make the culture better. It was a great conversation. Go back and listen to that on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can find it where you're listening to us right now. Make sure you check out our store which you can see on our Twitter page at Corey underscore Richie show. It is, uh, we have some really cool products there. Check us out. That will help us out um, as well. And so for Corey, for Kat, I've been Richie. Thanks for listening to us here on Sporty with Corey and Richie. We'll talk to you again on next week in seven days on another Monday. It's going to be exciting. We're getting closer to hockey, everybody. Until then, good night and good hockey.